Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 91. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. And we are in the, I think this is going to be episode number 91 now. So we're getting that much closer to 100 episodes and that you guys have been listening. And it's been really, really awesome to, I guess, pursue this goal of 100 podcast episodes. And it's been really awesome. And I'm excited today because we have, it's been a while since I actually interviewed a DJ. Um, on my podcast, I think I DJ, I interviewed DJ Galas and DJ Lefty like earlier in my podcast, maybe like within the first 20 episodes or something like that. But I'm really excited to have DJ David Rella on the line with us this evening. How are you doing, David? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to come and talk with us and kind of like share your brain. Um, I know it's 2020 has been kind of like a crazy year for dance and Kizomba and things like that. So how have you been recently with like no festivals or anything like that going on? Well, um, besides DJing and dancing, I also study. So uh, like it's for me, it's a bit negative, of course, that, that I cannot mix, I cannot dance. But at the same time, I can focus on my study. So yeah I, I try to take the positive thing out of the negative mm-hmm. what do you study i uh, study physical education and i'm in my third year right now so i'm almost finished luckily nice and what's your goal behind that well i've always loved doing sports so and i've always been told uh, that i'm good at like convincing people to do something so uh, a bit of teaching was already in me since since young so Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that, I followed I followed the advice and I really enjoyed to do it. Nice. So you'll like have your own like kind of a sports rehab clinic maybe in the future or something like that? Mm, I, we'll have to see because I, I first of all, I want to to finish the study and then I want to see which direction I really want to 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 follow. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Um, so I hope you continue to do well with your studies. That'll be pretty awesome. It's interesting to hear about like the people that we met, that we meet in the kids world. And a lot of people just have like this view of you, but it's only like one part of your life, you know? And yeah, then exactly, obviously yeah. like there's other things that are going on in people's lives as well. So it's good to kind of like talk about those things in the podcast. So for the people that are listening now who maybe have not heard about you in the Kizoma world, 
Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you have done in the kids scene? Maybe like before COVID hit, like how did your life look before COVID in Kids Zomba? Okay, so should I th- should I start from the beginning or like? Uh, no, just like let's say last year. Like if you could give a snapshot of your what you did in Kizomba last year. Okay, so last year I started to focus more on producing, so producing uh, his songs, his remixes, and with that uh, also came more bookings. So I, I started to get more bookings. I've also mixed in, uh, for example, Canada, also in the US a, a little bit mm-hmm. before that. And uh, yeah, those kind of things. So I, I was really, um, how could I say, starting to really focus on my DJing career and producer, producer career. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because some DJs are not producers. And some producers are not DJs and some are both, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be curious to, to talk about your journey a little bit and see how to, to manage both. But I know a lot of the really big DJs, like maybe DJ Snakes, DJ Zykes, uh, DJ Chad in his day, these are guys that also produced and also DJed as well, you know? So which came first for you? Uh, first came DJing. I've been doing that since I was 15, not Kizomba mm-hmm. specifically, just DJing. And I think I started producing, uh, I started with mashups before I started producing. Uh, and gotcha. with mashups, I was like 18 years. And mm-hmm. a year after that, I really started to focus on making my own beats and, uh, yeah, on the producing part instead of just the uh, mashup. I got you. And can you let our listeners know where you're living right now? Oh, I live in uh, the Netherlands, uh, Rotterdam to be specific. And I think it's also going to be interesting to to pick your brain because I know Rotterdam is also where Johnny Ramos and Nelson Fritas live. Yeah, correct. correct. And these guys have been very, very influential uh, in the creation of Ghetto Zook, which yes, obviously indeed. paves the way to Urban Kids. And I I want to say like in the last maybe year or two, there's been kind of like maybe this friendly rivalry between uh, Parisians and the Netherlands and like with kids instructors and DJs and dancing, because uh, I definitely feel like the the level has been increasing of DJs and, and, and instructors that have been coming out of the Netherlands. Definitely true. Well, I wouldn't see it as uh, the way you explained it because uh, I don't see a rivalry um, uh, because... A friendly rivalry. Yeah, yeah. A, fr- a friendly rivalry. But even even like that, I, w- I would say because, because there is still support from both sides, like... Uh, for mm, example, a lot of a lot of Dutch people go to Paris and the other way around. So they both of the countries acknowledge each other's qualities, you know, because mm. the parties in, in Paris are definitely different from the parties in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what I can say is that the, the Netherlands definitely grew in that aspect because uh, Urban Kids, of course, started in Paris and then you could say that it flew over to the Netherlands and the Netherlands just just hold tightly to it and and made it (laughs) it work, you know? So I'm very happy 
I'm very happy about that because, of course, um, now the Netherlands is quite a big Kizomba slash urban Kiz country if you mm-hmm. compare it to other countries in Europe. Definitely, for sure. And I know uh, Morella Soul is there in the Netherlands as well. Um, what other DJs are, are present from... From the Netherlands, uh, we have yes. quite some big ones, actually. Uh, we have Stefano Lima, of course. Uh, we yes. have DNL Beats, who everyone knows yes. uh, mm-hmm. by their mixtapes, of course. We have DJ Nice Life, that people know from their mixtapes, uh, from from uh, his production, sorry. Uh, DJ Dameri, DJ Allen, who, who has been in, in the scene for a long time. So, yeah, we have quite some quite some good uh, DJs in some the heavy, Netherlands. Some heavy hitters. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. No, it's been really awesome. And um, it's good to kind of list those people because obviously like you, we listen to their mixtapes on SoundCloud and things like that, but maybe we don't know exactly where they're from, you know? Yeah. And when you start to, I guess, research a little bit more, you can see like, oh, this person's from Paris, this person's from the Netherlands, et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of like put together like certain styles and things like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. You can actually uh, uh, hear the difference between the DJs in the Netherlands and the DJs in France. There is like a, a, a like a style, and you can even hear people say that in the dancing scene that oh, that's the Dutch style of mixing, or oh, that's the French style of mixing. So that's also really, really uh, funny to to hear and to notice actually. Hmm. What would you say are some of the differences from like a Kizomba party or Urban Kiss party in Paris versus one in the Netherlands? Uh, good question. Um, well, I could I could be more specific with with uh, festivals actually. Okay, that that works because with festivals, you notice that, for example, if you have a, a festival in Paris, it's a lot of Parisians, of course. But in the Netherlands, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, for example, if it's in Amsterdam, that it's mainly uh, people from Amsterdam. Not at all. It's from the whole the whole country because the Netherlands in itself is a really small country. And for sure. Yeah, I think uh, the the vibe is also different because in the Netherlands, because it's so small, people from around the country know each other. So it's a bit of a warm feeling when you when you get uh, to the Netherlands to a festival, for example. And yeah, the lineup, of course, is different because uh, the Netherlands has, as I said, has an, a different style from from the French DJs. So you are, are automatically create a different different uh, aura at the festival itself. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. So we'll we'll talk some more about the the dancing for sure and and getting into your production side of things for sure. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, your upbringing a little bit. You're in the Rotterdam now. Were you born there? Are your parents also from the Netherlands? Mm, I was born in. Portugal, uh, and okay. I moved to the Netherlands when I was around three years old. I've been raised Portuguese, so I speak Portuguese, and I've also been raised with the music. And I think that's how I also started with Kizomba because a friend recommended me, yeah, do you want to dance? And I already knew the music. I already listened to Nelson Freitas, Johnny Ramos, uh, and other kind of artists. So, um, yeah, it was an easy... Uh, easy way to get in into the scene because i was all already familiar with with what it had to offer mm-hmm. so 
growing up, did you dance kizomba at all? Or was it like a part of your family upbringing? Uh, no, not at all. Actually, um, the only thing that I that I that I took from my 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 family side was the music. I never mm. danced um, kizomba, at least. Like I, I've been to Cape Verdean parties, and everyone that has been to a Cape Verdean party knows that there will be funana and someone will pull you to the dance floor either <laughs> if you like it or not. It will happen. So. Uh, but no, not with not with kizomba because kizomba is of course uh, uh, an Angolan uh, dance, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was less less famous with with Cape Verdean parties. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because like I know the dancing side of things hasn't been huge with Cape Verdean, um, but obviously you guys Cape Verde and Angola are both polyp countries. But the Cape Verdean uh, contributions musically over the years to Kizomba, Ghetto Zouk and Urban Kids now, it's, it's really interesting to start to notice that uh, theme over, I guess you can say the last two decades, yeah? Yeah. Uh, like you said, like uh, uh, Nelson Freitas, Johnny Ramos were definitely a big influence. And what's also nice to see is that it's not even, they're, they're they may have been born in uh, Cape Verde or like raised Cape Verdean, but mm -hmm. in the end they live in, for example, uh, in the Netherlands, you also have uh, Cape Verdeans from, from uh, Luxembourg, from Paris, but they still bring mm. the Cape Verdean flavor. And that's really nice to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. So born in Lisbon, raised in Rotterdam, um, you were exposed to the polyp music growing up. And so... You, you were mentioning before that you you were able to get into the scene because somebody asked you to DJ or how did that work? Uh, it was um, um, a friend of mine, a really good friend, actually, that uh, asked me, like, yeah, do you want to to join some classes? Because she was already following some classes at, at, a, at a dance school. And I said, like, yeah, sure, why not? And immediately, like the first class, I heard the music. I felt the the, the warmth of people. Uh, so I was immediately sold, you know. So after that first class, it was actually a introduction class or something like that. Mm -hmm. I immediately um, I immediately started uh, following classes at that school, and yeah, that's how it started. Do you remember who the instructors were? Um, yeah, it was Donovan and um, and Mario Line. Uh, to two teachers who I think are not active anymore, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, shortly after that, I started dancing at Kizomba Lounge. Uh, I think some people may have heard of that name already because it's a really big dancing school and organizer in the Netherlands. Mm. Nice. And before, I, I guess at this time that you're taking your class of Kizomba, you were already DJing or you were already in music production a, a little bit? Yeah, correct. Uh, not in music production, but I was already DJing because I started dancing when I was 17. So quite young, mm -hmm. but I started DJing when I was 15. Okay. And what were you DJing? Well, at that time I was only mixing at, at like a uh, house party. So it was really eclectic music, urban music, uh, Afro house was really just just hype up music. So you said you were DJing polyp music? Oh, no, 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 not, not at all, actually. Um, well, no, I actually it was just like eclectic music, Dutch music, um, mm. party music, uh, mostly. 
I got you. And was R and B and hip hop a part of that at that particular time, or not yeah, really? Definitely, uh, hip hop uh, and R and B uh, for sure, uh, because I I think it's always necessary uh, at a party to have at least a little bit of um, of those kind of music. Uh, mm-hmm. Even like even now, if I'm mixing at a Kizomba party where I'm familiar with the people with the organizer, I tend to to keep the last 10 minutes just for a little R&B set, just so the people, <laughs> get, you know, so the people get, uh, go home with a good vibe instead of, yeah, leaving their partner, they already get in a, like a, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That's awesome. I think it's pretty cool. And I think it just kind of serves the, I guess, the influence of R&B and hip hop that it has on, on urban kids, especially. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, tell us the story of how you started to like getting into DJing for for Kizomba because okay you, you were introduced to the dance yeah you're taking some dance classes and you said you really liked the music as well so yeah. how did you make the transition to start DJing well from the start I've always been lucky I could say because uh, I didn't choose to be a DJ I normally say DJ uh, the DJ life chose to to be with me because even at the beginning, a friend of mine told me, yeah, let's let's start DJing. And I said, but we never DJed before. And he was just like, just do it. And with with uh, DJing Kizomba music, it was the same because um, after I was dancing uh, at the dance school, the organizer found a picture of me on Facebook or whatever, where I was uh, DJing at a small party, but I had like a mm. really little DJ mixer. And he asked me like, are you DJ? Are you a DJ? I said, uh, yeah, but only at house parties. He said, yeah, but aren't you interested to to play at the social? Uh, like you only need to play Kizomba, but I think you can do it. And I said, like, yeah, why not? And I grabbed that opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's how it started. I got you. Awesome. And so that's how it started. And I guess how was your journey? How did you start getting music? Um, did you already know how to like blend and create loops and things like that already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I luckily I already took the the, the knowledge that I had from uh, before before when I was mixing at uh, house parties. I, I learned from from YouTube, from friends. I just really invested my time in in mixing, and of course. Um, it's a different kind of mixing if you're talking about either a, a house party, a club party, mm-hmm. or a kizomba party because the transitions are totally different. But by listening to to other DJs mix, for example, Stefano Lima and Morella Sol, because at that time they were mixing a lot in Rotterdam and they mm-hmm. still do, uh, except for this Corona time, of course. But before, so I I could say that I was really lucky by my surroundings because they were the main DJs and I could learn from them. Mm, That's awesome. Uh, I'm curious, what would you say if you're DJing at a club versus DJing at a Kizoma party, how would you describe the differences in the transitions that you would make as a DJ between the songs? Well, um, I think you have to be more delicate with the Kizomba transitions, first of all, because the people are more conscious about what they're hearing in a club or at a house party. People usually are under influence of whatever uh, drinks, <laughs> or, you know, so they, they care more about the vibe. So uh, with that also comes that the songs are being transitioned way faster in in uh, at house parties and club 
clubs than in Kizomba because in Kizomba people are about the feeling and if it mm-hmm. goes too fast, yeah, it's possible that people snap out of that out of that vibe that they they had, you know. So yeah, yeah I, I think with house parties and and club parties, it's more direct, more direct. You you just want to go from the, from song to song, and with Kizomba you take your time and really let people enjoy your enjoy your universe if i could call it like that mm-hmm. that makes sense for sure okay so um what was your first um kizomba gig where you actually like got hired uh to play at like a kizomba party uh well uh, as i said uh, my first first kizomba gig was at the the dancing school that i uh was dancing mm-hmm. they uh he he told me like yeah um you can mix at the social on Tuesday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was really excited, prepared a lot. And um, yeah, that was my first op- opportunity. So it, it started with really small socials um, with what around 20, 30 people. And then gradually it, uh, I got booked more. Um, and I think my first real party was at Kizomba Lounge. Mm. Nice. And when you got booked at Kizoma Lounge, were you already in the music production? No, actually, no, because uh, it was a little bit after that because I was still focused on DJing. I, I didn't think about uh, producing or, yeah, or making mashups. But from like my previous experience, I brought with me the the style of mashing up songs in, in my sets. And mm. uh, with that, came the uh, the inspiration to create a mashup so that that came a little bit after my my first dj parties uh, kizomba party sorry i got you so so can you tell us the story of how you got started with uh, music production what was the inspiration to start that and what was your first uh, song that you even produced um yeah uh, the first uh, song that i produced I, w- I was with my neighbor. Uh, my neighbor is uh, also a, a producer, but not even in Kizomba. But he w- always stimulated me to to make to do something with music. So I, I uh, went to to his studio, and he explained me the things. And yeah, then I then I started trying to 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 create a beat. Uh, the beat was never released. I still have it though. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, after that. After that, I quickly started to get into the flow of producing. So I think the second song, what what was it again? Have you ever played the first song like at a party or yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And okay, I've so also, it's an exclusive now. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe if uh, maybe I would drop it like r- randomly, like uh, throwback, and then you know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> For sure, I got you. So you're talking about the the second song? Yeah. Um, honestly, I have to check because I, I um, don't remember exactly what was my second song. Because as I as I said, I uh, also made mashups. Mm. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I think I'm also curious. Yeah. How, how do you distinguish like a, a remix versus a, a mashup? Okay. Uh, good question. I would say a remix is um, when you put your own production part in it. So for example, if we talk about my remix, my boo, 
I took a little bit of a, of a song and then I put my own flavor to it. And a mashup mm -hmm. is when you put two songs together. So, and then you can, of course, uh, add some, some effects in between the transitions or uh, something in the song to make it more spicy. But in the end, you didn't, um, you didn't produce, for example, the beats or the melody. Mm. It's just bringing different, different aspects together. So that's what, what a mashup is. So uh, I just checked and the first song that I produced was Transformer with Trey Beats. And mm. how, that, how that went is Trey Beats, first of all, is a really good producer in the Netherlands. Uh, He's also in the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he did um, only you by Ashanti yeah. and me, myself, and I as well. And these are like, I mean, I've listened to a lot of remixes, and these ones you can really hear the quality of the of the production. Yeah, yeah. Trey Beats is definitely a really, really good and talented producer. So um, when I started with producing, I I hit him up. I was like, yo. Are you interested in a collab? Because of course I was still growing and I'm, I still am, I still am not where I want to be. But yeah, at that time I, uh, I told him, yo, are you interested in a collab? And the humble guy that he is, he said, of course. So, um, he sent me, a, a, a like a loop of a beat and I started to create some melodies and after a while I sent it back to him and he was like, yeah, this is it. So. Yeah, the first song that, that I made was Transformer and it was accepted by the Kizomba public, if I could say, mm -hmm. if I could say that. Yes, 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 definitely. Because they really uh, enjoyed it, so yeah. I remember seeing a demo to with uh, P and Sarah that they did to that song and yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. awesome. Uh, true, true, true. And even uh, a while later, uh, a singer contacted uh, us to to ask if he could use the the beat to to sing to it. I was like, mm. I, I couldn't imagine how it would fit, but in the end, he made it work. So I was really surprised. He did a really good job, actually. Is it on SoundCloud? Uh, yes, it's um, it's called Colesere. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it good, but uh, it's by. Strange. That, that's his name. S-T-R-E-N-G. Okay. Maybe you can send me the link and I can put it in the in the notes for the podcast so people can check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will definitely do that. Okay, awesome. So I didn't know Trey Beats was also in the Netherlands, but now hearing that, it doesn't surprise me when I'm hearing his uh, music production side of things as well. So this brings me to even why I felt really inspired to ask you to do the podcast with me in the first place is because your production, my boo, and then you did the other one of say my name. And it's like, I, I'm not really anybody in the, in the Kizoma scene as far as music or DJing or anything like that. But if I had my own awards and I was like, Hey, these are the top kids remixes of 2020. Like those two will definitely be up there at the top because they just really, really, really nice product because you've heard the, the remixes where they just put like a simple beat behind yeah, true, it and true, it doesn't true. really have a melody true. and this one is really really different so i guess can you i guess explain your a little bit about your process of like why how did you end up choosing those songs and i guess your creation of, of creating those songs as well okay. because you have some pretty nice um mixtapes as well but let's let's talk about the those two songs 
Well, first of all, thank you a lot because I appreciate it uh, that you give me such a big compliment. And yeah, you're correct. There are a lot of remixes that are just a beat added to already existed song, existing mm -hmm. song. And with that in mind, I, I immediately thought I cannot do the same because for me, that's a mashup. For me, that's a mashup. Mm -hmm. So I, when I um, started with these projects, of course, I'm a really big fan of uh, R&B because of the chords. Uh, but specifically, these two uh, songs, they were a rendition of like the original by William Singh. And when I heard it, mm -hmm. I immediately heard something in it that, that I thought, okay, I need to make this a Kizomba remix. Mm. But I, of course, I need to make it unique. So with my boo, uh, when I started with the, with the melody, at one point I was like, okay, I need to switch it completely. That it's like a surprise. Like what, what, what happened? So mm -hmm. that's, that's, uh, with that mindset, with that mindset, I started making that beat and yeah, at one point I was even doubting, like, should I, should I do this? Because it's a big change from what I usually, uh, hear, but in the end, uh, it paid off and mm -hmm. I'm also really happy with the creation and the end result mm -hmm. definitely and so like for me being like a black american growing up you know like in high school like i'm 35 now yeah so <laughs> i remember this song came out and it's like everybody loves usher you know like he wanted yeah, yeah, to dance yeah. like him he wanted to sing like him <laughs> and then he did the song with alicia keys when she was coming out and so obviously like william singe did the remix and now you did the remix into Kizoma and sometimes you might have people that uh, listen to the song and they don't know who maybe Usher is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's crazy to like, from my perspective, I guess, to appreciate that nostalgia that you get. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess seeing that in a, in a Kizoma remix, you know, because it just, it brings out so many different uh, feelings. And I guess that nostalgia is, is kind of important as well, you know? Definitely, definitely. Uh, even for me, and I'm not even old, I'm 22, but I've mm -hmm. grown up with listening to these songs. So when when I heard that version of William Singh, of course, the first thing I, I, I got was that nostalgia feeling. I think mm -hmm. even after that, after listening that version, I went and listened to the original. <laughs> and yeah, even with that, for example, I have a, a, a sample in my boot that's like a really known uh, sample from Nelly and Kelly Dilemma. Is the the high yes, pitch? Uh -huh. you know? So I uh -huh. I took that. I made. I put it in the song. I made a lead of it, and yeah, because of the because of my love for for r&b i immediately found inspiration to do even more with other samples and i think that it was a sort of boost for for my creativity because normally mm. i'm not i'm not that fast with producing for example i take my time but with this song it was really quick but i immediately felt it was good uh when you say really quick how long are we talking about well normally i make i create a like a start of a song and then i just leave it because if i'm not in the flow i i just leave it but with this song i think i i i made the main the main thing in two days so mm. the first day i made a big part and the second day i i re-listened to it and then i added the the most important parts of the song and then 
afterwards, of course, I added some little things, um, which I thought, okay, this is nice. But the main thing was in two days. That's awesome. Which one did you do first? My boo or say my name? I did my boo first. My boo first. Mm -hmm. And then uh, say my name shortly after. I I actually, um, I think they were finished almost at the same time. But Mm. I wasn't so sure about say my name yet. So I left it for afterwards. I thought, okay, my boo would be a good song to start with. Definitely. No, that's awesome. So... Yeah, say my name. That's Destiny's Child. So again, these these throwback songs uh, that are getting remixed in 2020, <laughs> and it's really again, it's really uh, crazy because these came out almost 20 years ago. You know? Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective, it's like if you, I, I want you to make an album full of just <laughs> like throwback R&B Kizama songs. You know? Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to start learning how to do them because. It's really awesome that you can pull those R&B vibes into like a Kizoma song and now you can dance it with a partner. Yeah. Because there really isn't a partner dance that you have with uh, R&B, you know, when you have like the more romantic vibes, you know. So I'm curious to hear your perspective of, I guess, obviously you have Kizomba, you're Cape Verdean, so you have like uh, roots there. And to be inspired by the R&B and hip hop and you know that Nelson Freitas is there, Johnny Ramos is there, and then you have your own perspective. And we still have kind of like this uh, culture of R&B to the side of of urban kids. Um, I'm pretty sure you've thought about this. And I guess, what are your feelings uh, about that as you take a look in the past and then also like look towards the future? So the question is, uh, what I think about the influence of R&B in Kizomba, if I, if, if yes. I am correct. Um, well, I really like it, first of all, because if you listen to Ghetto so closely, uh, you hear that the chords that they use are also R&B influenced. Uh, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a big surprise that this would happen, that, that like R&B songs would be remixed into Kizomba songs. But the thing is, I really am a supporter of creative creativity so if your creativity is influenced by r&b do it if your creativity is influenced by hip-hop do it Mm. everything that you can do to bring a new flavor is perfect so that's that's basically my mentality to it and yeah just because for me r&b works and uh i'm more r&b influenced it works for mm. me, but for any other style, if if it works, it works. And that's that's basically how I think about it. That's awesome. That's good to hear. And that's something that I've been really, really curious about. And I'm just I've been uh, curious to kind of pick your brain and, and have you here on the podcast as well. So to just to talk about this kind of thing, you know, because yeah. I feel it's very interesting how we have so many remixes coming out, but like from 20 years ago. So I'm like, there's a, there's a theme. There's. There's some yeah. inspiration that's coming yeah. through and it's like you're living in the present and the past at the same time, which True. is which is crazy, you know? Um, so thank you for sharing your history. What songs are in the oven now? Can you share with us <laughs> or is it still a secret or? Um, well, I recently dropped a song that's available on my SoundCloud. It's a collaboration between me, DJ Tariko and Daniel 808 and Jay Ferreira. They are they have already quite some known songs in the Kizomba. So I'm really happy that uh, they they wanted to work with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 
Uh, I also, uh, well, DJ Madmo also recently dropped a song that uh, we collab with called Version E, uh, which is uh, available on his SoundCloud. And what's coming, well, I got uh, multiple uh, projects coming, including an EP, which is called Road to Wonderland. It's basically just Kizomba beats or uh, yeah, songs without without lyrics. I got you. Um, which describe a bit of my universe, which I feel most comfortable with. And some collaborations with singing groups. Mm-hmm. One of them is Afro Group, who, which are known for their song Puera. And another singer who's called Explus, who is known by his song Casa da Velha. So yeah, mm. uh, quite some things are coming. I'm just waiting for the right time because right now with COVID and everything, it's a bit difficult to, you know, to to get the the promotion or, or whatever for sure on a, on a high level that it really blows up. But it's definitely coming. Awesome. As a DJ and as a producer, one of the last questions that I'll ask you here is: What is the best way for people? to support you guys now because obviously there's no parties or festivals happening and i know that could be like one of the primary sources of income for a dj yeah um so how do you feel like it's possible to support djs i guess monetarily and then non-monetarily well uh for me i um i would say just share the music that you like let people know which songs you like you don't even need to like for me i don't focus on the on the money part of of djing so i would i wouldn't say support me by uh by streaming my song a million times or whatever because on mm. soundcloud you don't even get paid it's just i think the best way to support the dj is just to to listen to his music and share his music with with your friends with your family with whoever you want so yeah that's that's the the main thing i would say and i think also by showing the djs for example that you like their music they they will get more motivated to make more i for example when someone writes me i always feel really really grateful for it and it always warms up my heart if i could say it like that and mm-hmm. it immediately if if someone for example writes as little as yeah i like your music i'm already ha- really satisfied so yeah with mm. with those kind of things you can definitely support a dj definitely uh this is um one of the things that, I, that inspired me to create the the website that i did i, I sent you the link um the neokizoma.com yeah, slash yeah, yeah. kids remixes and basically i have all the throwback kids remixes of like pony and freaking you by joe to see and your two remixes on there and i think i have like 25 on them now but I just think it's really, really awesome to kind of catch this theme of songs that are out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's more recent, newer remixes that have happened, but I wanted to focus at least on the, on the throwbacks first mm-hmm. and then create like a database for the the newer ones. Because sometimes you you didn't know that there was a remix for that particular True. Uh, True. R&B or hip hop song, because on SoundCloud, you don't really have a list of all the English remixes, you know? I also have a, um, a, a good friend of mine who's also a really good producer his name is Mm jakey he is Mm -hmm. also really r&b influenced so i think he's going to drop some some songs as well i don't know when i cannot tell you when but yeah definitely check him out because yeah he has some throwback songs coming up 
I'm going to have to send him a message now. <laughs> Maybe he'll be on the podcast and he'll, he'll talk with us as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, Trey Beats, of course, you already knew that he, he also makes a lot of uh, R&B songs. And even, even old, I don't even know if it's dancehall, but really classic songs, not even R&B, but just classic mm. songs. He, he's just a crazy science scientist producer if i can say it like that <laughs> okay so, so he gets really uh nerdy with his productions he is he gets his creativity i don't know from where but it's just crazy it's just crazy and really good really good nice and what's his name Trey beats but like his actual name oh, trevor 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 okay yes okay i'll reach out to him and, and try to talk to him as yeah. well All right, David. Well, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. Uh, I think this podcast was really, really awesome. Um, I wanted to do a podcast episode with you to kind of thank you for creating this kind of music. It's been really influential for me, like uh, in Urban Kids and, and growing the Urban Kids. And it's even like some of my inspiration for creating the festival um, that I was running and things like that, just having those English remixes. So anytime you do a throwback kids remix or anything like that, just let me know. Um, if you have any exclusives, let me know. <laughs> for <laughs> sure, for sure. Uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it was really an honor. I also really enjoyed to to share uh, what I had to say. And uh, yeah, the your time as well, of course, because you also take your time to, to set this up. So yeah, definitely a big thank you and a big shout out to Neo Kizomba. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Say my name, say my name, say my name, say my name.